in terms of um, culture at Cora, I, I don't know if it's new so much as it's just different and kind of evolved and adapted. It's still very much Cora and, and kind of the things that, um, you know, the values that we hold are, are still very true, but it's, it's just remote. And so it's been kind of a, a shift to that. Um, I would say this, this last year has really been focused uh, on kind of building the foundation on which we are able to hire internationally. And do you miss the office? Yeah, it's a funny question. Um... You've scanned the headlines, read the articles, and liked the posts. Now listen to the experts themselves in the Future of Work podcast, presented by allwork.space. Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. I'm Jo Mernier, and today I'm joined by Cara Ortbol, the remote work HR specialist at Cora. And I've been looking forward to this conversation for quite a long time because I'm really interested to hear Cara's first-hand experience of transitioning Cora from what was a traditional headquartered Silicon Valley company to one that's now fully remote all of the time. So we're going to hear more about that and how the company adjusted to it. And a, a big part of that adjustment comes from Cara, who joined the company shortly after CEO Adam D'Angelo made the decision to switch to a permanently remote work anywhere strategy, which took place right in the middle of 2020 in the heat of the pandemic. So we'll be learning more about that. And Cara is now managing Cora's remote first culture initiatives, as well as the expansion of its international workforce. So there's uh, quite a lot on your plate, Cara. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Joe. I'm really excited to, to be here and to talk a little bit more about uh, remote work. That's great. I'm looking forward to digging into it. So first off, let's just go through the basics. Um, can you tell us, in Cora's case, what remote first means and, and what it's like on a day-to-day basis and where and how staff get their work done? Absolutely. So uh, remote first at Cora really means that employees can work pretty much anywhere in the world with very few exceptions. Um, certainly we have a couple of folks um, in our facilities team or IT team that kind of need to be in that headquarters. Um, but beyond that, it is truly uh, pretty, pretty much anywhere in the world where we can um, kind of feasibly hire people. Um, and so we, we still do have quite a few folks in our Mountain View Bay Area office that was um, previously uh, to June of last, uh, the last year of 2020. Uh, it was really Cora only hired people primarily in, in that location. And so um, uh, we've really transitioned um, to being uh, uh, more remote first. Um, and so hiring people in different locations. Um, like I said, most a lot of people are still in Mountain View, um, but we've really expanded and it's happened quite quickly, uh, a lot faster than we'd uh, anticipated initially. We we're kind of going into uncharted territories. So. Brilliant. And, and for the people who are working remotely, are they mostly at home? Primarily they're at home. Uh, we did recently uh, start a co-working space program. And so we do reimburse employees if they would like to be in a co-working space. So that could be like WeWork is a really popular one, but we have employees in some private co-working spaces as well. So we really want to offer that optionality and that flexibility for our employees. Mm -hmm. And how do you choose those co-working spaces? Is it a case of the... Um... Yeah, we really leave it up to the employee. We do have one or two partnerships with 
pretty large co-working space companies, but we also have actually quite a few employees that, um, you know, live in uh, not major cities. And so there, it might be kind of a, you know, private one-off co-working space and we will do reimbursement for those. So it's really case by case and we don't want to be too prescriptive. Um, we do encourage employees to choose private co-working spaces just from an information security perspective. It's really important to us. But outside of that, we are quite quite flexible um, with with what works best for the employee. And how do how has the team as a whole adjusted to the remote work culture? Because I know sort of last year, right in the middle of the pandemic, um, a lot of people all over the world were forced to work from home, but for some it was temporary. They always knew they'd go back eventually. But Cora made this quite definite decision fairly early on to say, no, we're going remote, we're going to stay that way. So how did, what was the sort of the, the transition process that happened during that time? Yeah, so I, I think it was, um, you know, it's really dependent person by person. And so um, we, we did recognize that some people do really like being in the office. And so that's why we did maintain our, um, our, head, our, our building in Mountain View. And that has now turned into a co-working space. So um, we do have uh, a couple dozen employees who work out of that space regularly. And so we did want to maintain that kind of optionality. Um, but I think there's just a larger kind of movement here where we're seeing this a lot, particularly in tech, where um, you know, some people do want that traditional office space and some people do want the, the flexibility and those options and being able to uh, travel and work and, and to have that experience. And so I think we're seeing a lot of kind of just resettling that's happening. So employees are, are trying to kind of do that reflection and say what's important to me and what works best for me and, and make those decisions. Um, but it's certainly interesting within tech, you know, we've seen a lot of changes within the industry and uh, different companies, you know, making different decisions or kind of, uh, you know, going back and forth. It'll say one thing and then it's kind of changing. And um, I think we're, I would say, fortunate in that sense that we've made this decision. And so kind of regardless of what happens with the pandemic or with anything else, we're not having to go back and forth with our messaging. And so I think we're in a, we're fortunate in that case because I do feel for those companies that are having to try to, and, and those HR teams that are having to try to, to wrestle with that. It's, it's really challenging. Yeah, and as you say, it must be unsettling for the people that are, are dealing with it because you've got the pandemic still going on and all the uncertainties and worries that comes with that. And on top of that, you've got a company that doesn't know whether it's going to be staying remote or coming back to the office. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really it's really quite challenging. And, um, you know, for facilities teams, too, it's it's been so much work. Um, you know, our facilities team is phenomenal and they've uh, been great at turning our physical space um, into a co-working space and having those precautions um, and, and, and safety protocols. Um, yeah. But it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. And it's, it's constantly changing. And it's, you know, um, I think for our, our head of facilities, uh, you know, he's constantly trying to, to work through what's the latest uh, law or regulation for both the city, the state, the country, and trying to just grapple with all of that. It's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Yes. <laughs> <I don't laughs> you. Um, and in terms of the culture at Quora, um, 
obviously one of the things that the, the company did very early on uh, when it made the commitment to become remote first was to hire a remote work specialist, which is you. Um, so this, this tells me that the company recognized uh, really right from the get-go that transitioning to a remote culture from a previously in-person, face-to-face organization would need specialist help. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about how you and your team have worked to build this new remote culture at Cora? Sure, yeah. So so I would say, first of all, you know, in terms of um, culture at Cora, I, I don't know if it's new so much as it's just different and kind of evolved and adapted. Um, so it's it's still it's still very much Cora and and kind of the things that um, you know the values that we hold are are still very true, but it's it's just remote, and so it's been kind of a, a shift to that. Um, I would say this this last year has really been focused uh, on kind of building the foundation on which we are able to hire internationally, um, and so that has been quite a logistical feat. Um, but we really have been trying to work on creating um, really, to the extent possible, um, consistent employee experiences. And so these little things that uh, I, you know, we wouldn't even think of, like um, trying to make holidays consistent across uh, employees in 15 different countries um, and trying to make these it's just really consistent experiences and how do we develop um, just the, the basic infrastructure within our teams? How do we make our HRIS kind of scale to that, which our HRIS is very much meant for US employees. Um, and so we've been really focused on trying to kind of build that foundation. Um, but of course, we've also done kind of traditional fun culture things as well. One of Cora's great traditions is um, called Off-Road. It's essentially our version of a hackathon where employees for a whole week um, don't do a regular work, but they take on a project. And so we, um, we did this uh, virtually. Um, and it was it went really well. We did kind of an Olympic theme, and so we put uh, employees into teams. We had a bunch of fun events. We had trivia and scavenger hunts, but then we also um, had you know uh, other team awards that were related to the actual projects. And so um, it was quite it was quite fun. So we've we've you know we've certainly done some more of that traditional culture stuff as well. But I would say that the primary focus has been on. Um, just building that really strong foundation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important. And, and one of the things that ties into that, that we write about a lot on all work is um, well-being uh, and wellness yeah. in the workplace. Um, what, what kind of initiatives do you implement at Quora, both for your in-office people and those working from home? Absolutely. So I think there's a couple of things that play into that. Um, one, we do um, we started, our, our HR business partners have started a um, regular weekly mindfulness uh, group that just takes, it's about 45 minutes, um, walks through kind of a guided meditation just to kind of recenter. Um, we try to have that at a, a relatively friendly time, time zone rise, which is, is difficult, but we do our best. Um, and we also have one that is more um, friendly for our folks in India. So we try to balance it there. Um, and then, you know, the other thing I would say is um, we are, we, we've offered uh, employees a remote work um, reimbursement. 
for um, any kind of office uh, equipment. And we're, we're very generous with that, I would say. So we really, uh, anything that makes uh, remote work work better for that person. So one of my colleagues um, was able to reimburse an air purifier because that was really, you know, something that she wanted in her space that kind of helped, um, that helped her. Um, and then finally, I would say just really being intentional about our benefits. You know, we have, um, we have an um, employee assistance program, um, EAP, that uh, provides uh, mental health support and counseling. Um, we're fortunate that they are global. And so we have that for every country that we're in. And so employees have access to that, to that resource as well. And so that's been really important for us. And, and beyond that, just outside of that, just um, other medical benefits. Um, and that goes back to what I mentioned before, which is trying to create consistency as much as possible, which um, is, is, is challenging. Uh, and so, you know, we've, we've tried, we've tried to say, okay, everyone gets private health insurance, but then in some countries that, that just doesn't really make sense because, you know, Israel, Germany has, have such strong um, social medicine. And so um, we've, you know, we've had to kind of uh, try to weigh those things, which is, is tricky when we don't have that background of that country. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. And just moving on to technology. Um, yeah. In I read one of your posts on LinkedIn um, at the start of the pandemic, which, which there was a general concern that the technology core needed to support a truly remote workforce at, at large scale wasn't quite ready. So uh, like everybody else around the world, you had to work with what was available to you. Um, so how um, how did you get past that? And obviously we're, we're quite a little way on now from the point at which the company went fully remote. Um, what tools do you use to enable effective collaboration between your people? And um, what have you sort of tried and tested along the way? Absolutely. So we stick to probably a pretty standard tech company suite of Slack, Google, Zoom. Um, we also use Clip pretty heavily, which is, is similar to Google Docs. Um, it's kind of a collaboration uh, documentation uh, tool. Um, and then we've also just started testing other tools. You know, I think with the pandemic, with this shift to remote work, the remote tool uh, space has kind of exploded and there are so many options. A lot of them are still quite new and so they're still refining and and improving. And so we've uh, created a uh, remote tools working group, um, which is a group of cross-functional folks. We have ICs, managers, folks uh, from engineering, sales, um, just kind of a, a good cross-section of folks um, to, to try out different tools. Uh, and so we've been um, doing demos, uh, we've tested a number, um, we've, we've uh, recently implemented our first um, tool. It's called Poll Everywhere. It kind of helps um, with, with uh, interaction um, within, uh, within um, presentations. And so it, it helps to have that kind of real-time feedback so you don't feel like you're just sitting at a screen watching a presentation, but you're actually engaging and interacting. And so... Um, yeah, we've we've been, we've tested and we've continued to test. I think, like I said, though, a lot of these tools are still really young, and so you know, I'll be really excited and interested to see 
where they are in the next two to three years um, or, or sooner. I think that they'll start, um, you know, as we know, technology uh, does improve quite quickly. So um, we're, we're definitely seeing the early stages of that right now. And talking of Zoom and not just Zoom, I'm not picking on Zoom, but you know, any, any video calling technology, um, we, there is such a thing as Zoom fatigue or video fatigue. Um, yeah. I recently, um, some companies are now adopting sort of um, video free hours during the week. So for mm -hmm. instance, they might have core meeting hours between 10 and 2 uh, and no meetings at either side of them. Uh, and that's um, partly to enable people to sort of get off their screens a little bit, but also to help, um, for example, working parents who might have to go and collect right. children from school and so on. Um, and of course, it does help with uh, different time zones, as I'm sure um, you appreciate as well. Yes. And do you have any policies at Quora to help make the working day more flexible, given that you're working with people in multiple time zones um, and uh, positioned all over the world? Yeah, so our, our policy um, that we've started with and that we're, we still have is uh, we, we have these coordination hours. And so um, we, with the exception of um, our sales team in India, we do expect that employees are able to work between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Pacific. Now that does, that's tricky in certain locations, um, but we're really upfront with employees um, throughout the, the uh, you know, the recruiting process while they're still candidates um, about that expectation. And so we still do, um, we do have that. I would say generally speaking, our, our employees and our management team is, is quite flexible and understanding with employees um, and their, their schedules. Um, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to see the, the pet or the child pop up yeah. <laughs> in the same background and, and that is totally okay. In fact, you might, um, I think my, my dog just got back from his walk, so you might see mine, um, <laughs> popping in here. He's welcome, to, he's welcome to join us. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I think that has, um, that's what we've done so far. I think, you know, we are starting to think about what could asynchronous work look like, right? And we're, we're just starting to have those conversations. Um, and again, that does go back to the technology. Like, do we have the tech infrastructure in place to be able to really um, accommodate something like that? What could that look like? Um, and, and we'll see, you know, I, we're, we're just starting to kind of think through those things and, and have those initial um, conversations. So, um, yeah, I would say right now it really is up to the individual teams, individual um, managers of, of kind of accommodating that. But generally, I would say we are quite flexible. So Yeah. And um, has, it, has it meant that you've been able to hire from anywhere now that you've shifted from having a sort of a headquarters in a specific location um, and being remote? Does it mean that you've now been able to really expand your hiring circle and, and, and hire based on talent rather than location? Absolutely. So I, you know, with very, very few exceptions, there are a couple countries in which there are some information security concerns, but, but outside of that, we've, um, like I said, we are, we're now in 15 countries, which, um, you know, prior to June of, of 2020, we were in US and then we had just started our India site. So we were in two. So we've really, truly expanded that quite, quite quickly. Um, and we, we use, 
for that, just on a kind of logistical note, we use both a PEO model as well as our own entities. Um, so Quora now has um, Quora India, which is our first, which was kind of in the works pre-pandemic as well. Um, we also have Quora Canada, which started at the very beginning of this year, and then Quora Ireland, which is very new still, just about a month in um, to having employees within that entity. Uh, and then any any group outside of that, or any country outside of that, um, we've used a PEO model, so an employer of record, um, so a vendor. And uh, you know they both certainly come with their own sets of challenges, um, as with you know as you could imagine. So yeah, um, yeah. That was, my, that was my next question. Yes. What, what are some of the challenges that you've um, experienced since you joined Cora um, a bit less than a year ago? Um, yeah. And. In, in the adjusting to the remote culture, hiring from anywhere, what are some of the biggest challenges you found and how have you overcome them? Yeah, so I'd say for both the entity model and the PEO model, there are some unique challenges. So for the entity model, um, it's really just this huge cross-functional uh, logistical lift. So we're working with legal finance facilities, HR, um, and, and trying to kind of uh, you know, understand uh, a country and employment laws and tax laws that none of us are familiar with. And so we do, of course, rely on outside counsel. Um, but I think one of the things that we've learned, both with the entities and with the PEO, is that, um, you know, there's, there's what's legal and then there's what's common. <laughs> um, so, for example, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me right now, but um, in Germany, uh, which we, we have an employee in Germany, there is the legally required number of days off, um, but no employer actually gives that, right? Like it would be offensive, we've learned <laughs> to give that. And so uh, oftentimes external counsel will only advise on what is legal. And so we have to do some kind of digging um, to figure out what is you know, acceptable and uh, what is common. So we've, you know, we've each kind of connected with people on LinkedIn who we know who experience in other countries with Germany. One of our employees um, who's fabulous, worked in Germany, is, is German and um, worked there for a while. And so she kind of helped advise us there. Um, so, so I think that is just kind of entering into the unknown and truly with the entities, it doesn't necessarily get easier every time because it's, it's a new country each time. Um, and then on the the, the PEO, which I, I should say a professional um, employment organization, um, so it's this employer record model. Um, you know, it's it's really challenging for for us and for them. Oftentimes, they are direct in some countries, so they have their own uh, teams. But more often than not, they're actually using another third-party vendor and the back end and so you're kind of playing this like really frustrating and slow game of telephone <laughs> to try to understand um you know when we have a question it's like we ask them and then they ask them you know there's just this this um kind of challenge there and so they you know the vendors i think do the best they can but it it is challenging and so that's something that i do see and hope that will improve in the next few years. And there's a few companies um, on the PEO side that are um, really starting to be more kind of platform focused. And so I think in 
again, in a couple of years, I think we'll be in um, a much different place. And, and I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic. That's good <laughs> to hear. That. So yes. a lot of the time it comes down to good old fashioned phone communication, collaboration, yes. asking lots of questions. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and that is another thing with the time zones, right? Because like our, our vendors in Europe, it's, you know, it's, it's tricky. So we're, you know, trying to how many 8 a.m. calls and there's only five days in a week and so trying Absolutely. to navigate with that is it's, it's yeah. challenging well we're doing the same it's nine o'clock your end isn't it five o'clock right it is yeah. Yeah. but we make it work thanks we to make it work and in terms of uh, your staff um so many of them are now working at home um, and that in itself introduces its own challenges for them um, we all know, you know, as you say, your dog might come wandering in at any moment and um, and it's so easy just for, for children or, or, you know, cats to walk across the keyboard, etc. Um, so that that's quite a challenge um, when you're trying to get your work done. Also, for some people who don't necessarily have um, a, a private office or a spare bedroom, they can they can sit and work from uh, working from home you know, isn't always um, as easy as some people think it is. Um, so how do you help your staff to create um, a, the right home environment, one that's productive and one that keeps them keeps them busy and motivated? Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned, we do have the um, remote you know, reimbursement that we do offer employees and it is quite generous. Um, it's a pretty significant uh, sum for the first year and then we have kind of upkeep um, for every every year thereafter. Um, so, so that's one of the ways. I would also say we just you know, we really encourage employees to kind of take charge um, of their uh, of their workday, of their workspace. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the examples that, that comes to mind is um, our CFO. Uh, he, uh, he has blocked off on his calendar most days during the week. And, and it's, it's during coordination hours that he has to go pick up his daughter. And it's not like a private hold, like it's a public hold, everyone can see it. Um, but I think that just shows a great example, um, uh, you know, really leading by example that it is okay to, to do those things. Um, and that is, that's one of the perks, right, about being able to be remote is that you're, you're able to, you know, go run a load of laundry in the middle of the day, yeah. pick up your kid, go take your dog for a walk. Um, and so I think those things are, um, it's, I think it's really great that our leadership team is kind of modeling that for employees. Um, and, and that's something that we do talk to employees about when they join in our onboarding, um, in our onboarding processes is, you know, um, take breaks, like go take a walk. I think it's so easy and, you know, I, I maybe easier said than done and uh, and maybe not the best example of this myself, but so easy to just go and sit down and sit here and stare at a screen for eight hours and um, really reminding employees that, hey, when you were in an office, you would go grab coffee with someone down the street. It is okay to do that and you should do that. <laughs> um, yeah. It is, it's really important. And so, um, yeah, I've seen all kinds of, um, one of our business partners has like a workout every day and she's like, hard block, do not book over this time. Like this is when I work out um, and people respect that. And so I think it's really encouraging and empowering employees to do those types of things. And do you miss the office? Yeah, it's a funny question. Um, I So in I do in some ways, yeah. I, and I think 
that is where we have, you know, this distinction of remote work and then remote work during a pandemic. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I would, I would try as best we can to separate those things out, but I think it's hard because for many of us, um, myself included, uh, pandemic is the only time that we've ever worked remotely, right? And so it's really hard to kind of separate out those things. Um, one thing that we've said from, from the beginning and that we've still said, even though we haven't necessarily been able to act on it, is that um, remote doesn't mean you never see your coworkers in person. Uh, that is something that we uh, really want is to be able to bring everyone together. Um, logistically, that's going to be extremely challenging with current <laughs> situation that we're in, I think it's, you know, I think becoming remote first and having inter- employees globally is going to actually, frankly, make that harder, right? Because um, of travel restrictions with it, with countries and all of that. And so we're starting to think about those things. We'd, um, I think this summer we'd really hoped like, oh yeah, we can start doing that. And then <laughs> things changed. And so we've had to be, um, you know, flexible and, and yeah, patient. Um, but that is, is certainly our intention that employees are able to to connect with one another. And you know, we're trying to think trying to think about ways where we can say, you know, maybe you can't get together with your whole team, maybe we can't get together as a whole company, but can you meet with someone who's in your area um, if it's if it's safe and appropriate, right? Um, and so I think you know, those are the things that we're thinking about. And that's what I miss, right? Like being able to to see people in person. And yeah. I was really lucky that I was able to um, just kind of happenstance. I had a trip um, planned to California and one of my coworkers happened to be in the, the same city. And so we got to meet up and it was, it was so great. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that with everyone. So yes. um, <laughs> yeah, so I think from that perspective, I, I do miss seeing people in person, but I'm, uh, again, cautiously optimistic that we'll be able to do that soon. <laughs> Absolutely. And with restrictions easing, it should become a little bit easier. Hopefully. Forward. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're nearing the end of our uh, conversation, um, but I just have one last question for you. Um, yeah. Based on everything that you've learned since you joined the company, um, at quite a strange time of <laughs> quite a strange time of our lives really when you when you um first entered chorus that was december 2020 wasn't it when you yeah that's right yeah so it was um still in the heat of uh, covid19 there's a lot going on the company's just switched to remote work so there was um quite a lot thrown at you straight into the deep end um but with everything you've learned along the way what two or three big takeaways can you give our listeners to help them adapt to remote work and really sort of hit the ground running Absolutely. So I would say a couple, a couple of things. I'd say the first is really documentation. Um, that's something that we've really been trying to encourage our employees to do. And you know, we're not at the point yet where we've dive, we've dove into um, asynchronous work. But I think uh, even still, having that process documentation is so important. Um, you know, I'd say, and I, I tell this to our new hires a lot, and this is true for me, that. Working remotely and onboarding remotely are very different things. <laughs> um, at my previous uh, company, I was, I was at Uber for about five years, and um, you know, when the pandemic hit, I had had four years with all of these people, and so we were just able to kind of transition to to remote. It was still challenging, but onboarding remotely and starting brand new um, and feeling like you're really 
frankly, bugging people because you're messaging them all the time versus being able to turn to the person next to you and be like, hey, what, what is this? Um, it, you know, it feels different. And so I think documentation can only, only help that. Um, and so we've tried to be a lot better about really just documenting all our processes, processes. We've done that on the HR our side, but I know that um, other teams have been been doing that as well. And I think that that is, is really important. Um, the other thing I would say, and I think this is something Core has been quite good about, and this really is credit to our leadership team, to our CEO, um, that we've really been very kind of uh, diligent about ensuring that um, our, our office in Mountain View doesn't become a center of gravity. And so we've, um, we've, we've implemented a number of uh, measures to ensure that, that people outside of the Bay Area don't feel like they're missing out. So um, one of them is that in any given meeting, the expectation is that everyone is on their own Zoom tile. So even if two people are in the same location, you still need to be on your own tile. Um, and I think that's that's really helped. And it's a credit to our employees, too, because they've been quite good at, at adhering to that um, and really ensuring that they're you know, their colleague in Estonia or in Mexico doesn't feel left out. Um, and then the other thing that is, is related to that is that our executives have been really diligent about um, not going into the office every day. <laughs> so that was something that Adam, our CEO, said really early on was, um, you know, I will not go into the office more than once a month um, and, and the same expectation for the rest of the executive team. Um, and so that's really helped uh, to, to make sure that employees um, don't feel that way as well. And then finally, the last thing I would just say is, like I said before, you know, remote work shouldn't mean that you don't you don't see people in person. Like that's that's not the goal. Um, we've had that challenge because of the pandemic, but um, really trying to kind of mentally separate those two, even though it's 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 tricky. <laughs> um, I think that is important to remember that. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can't have that social interaction and that piece um, as well. And, and frankly, like even my coworkers who I haven't met in person, um, I feel so incredibly connected to them. Like I, I have like this, you know, deep trust. I have an amazing team. Uh, and, you know, I can say uh, pretty confidently that we all feel that way um, about one another. And so it is possible to have that um, uh, over, over Zoom as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that has been an absolutely fascinating insight into into Core and how you've managed to transition from uh, into a remote first culture. Um, and I've really enjoyed learning all about it. So thank you so much, Cara, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Joe. This, is, this has been great. <laughs> and if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you um, or to learn more about the, the company's culture, how would they do that? Uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, LinkedIn is, is probably the best uh, spot for that. I do have Twitter. I'm not very active on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pop a link on the uh, on the transcript. Perfect. So, that's it. so thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Joe. Take care. If it's impacting the future of work, it's in the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. Are you ready?